You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Nathan Sather, here for this wonderful hour of Real Presence Live. And uh, we're joining you here from the Fargo studio where the sun is shining and it's just a beautiful day. We just got done talking with uh, Corey Hyman about his Light of the Saints book. And now I have to admit this next segment, I'm a little bit nervous because I have been uh, spending way too much time in the last week or two, especially looking at pickup trucks and what kind of new ones there are and just how much money gets you what features. And now they're coming out with a brand new EV truck from Ford and another company's making these and I'm just drooling over wanting to spend way too much money on a pickup that I really shouldn't be having. So I really do think the Lord like knew I was going to be hosting him as like we need to get someone in there so he doesn't make any bad financial decisions. So Sam Fatsinger, welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be hearing your story about your car. Yeah, it's not, I'm a very, uh, a very frugal person usually, but I don't know. I've, I've got some strange uh, post-COVID fever or something like that. So you uh, wrote a book called A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More. And so we're going to get into that a little bit. But first, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and, and why you love being Catholic so much. Oh, I love being Catholic. been Catholic my whole life. I love the community that my church has brought us and our family. My husband and I have 14 children, and our story went viral about five years ago because my husband and I live debt-free, and we have paid off our house. Our children graduate from college mostly debt-free, and the story just kind of goes on and on about how God has provided for us just because we said yes to Him. 32 years ago, thy will be done, Lord. Use our family for your good, and we will trust you with all things, especially our finances. And and I do think that's difficult for a lot of people, Sam. There's a thought of, you know, I'm on a tight budget. I don't have a lot of disposable income. How can I really trust Jesus with my finances? If I do that, I'll be I'll be in a hurt bag. Yeah, I think you just have to really build up a community of support and you support others, others support you, but have that constant relationship with Christ through the sacraments, through reading scripture, through building up that community of of mentors that kind of teach you how to live a good Christian life and then support others. And my husband and I have been married 32 years. I am 53, and he is 56, and he is planning on retiring within the year because thank God for his diligence and his just interest in, you know, using the Lord's money for good and tithing when we had hardly any money at all and being able to support ministries now that have always been close to our hearts. Because we've learned to live simply and to, you know, trust that if something's really a need, that God will take care of it. And kind of learning to stop with the wants, even though it's so hard. I would love to have a pickup truck, so I'm right with you. And they're hard to find a good used one right now because everybody, no one wants to get rid of them. Yep. 
So when you say living simply, I think different people might have a different idea of living simply. I think if you were to ask, many people would say, yeah, I live pretty simply, but then they could have an entire garage sale for themselves like every six months because they're always buying the trinkets and the latest wizards and gadgets or whatnot. So what is, what is Sam's definition of living simply? So, of course, you know, I, too, have my vices, and, you know, I have to. I actually was teasing the kids as I was dropping my son off at school this morning. I, I was talking to one of the older boys. I said, oh, this is going to be my, my sacrifice. I've got to go home, and i got to make sure I don't stop by that really great sister because we now have nine grandchildren. And even though I never bought my children stuff, I love hopping in and finding cute little things for them, and I try to save them for Christmas and for their birthdays, but it is also, even though you're only spending a quarter here and a quarter there, again, it's not a need, and my kids are are actually, the four married children that we have are living in this wonderful new phenomenon, which is uh, minimalism, and I love that. I'm so proud of them because I do could have a garage sale every day just because there's always been so many kids in our house. We now only have six living at home, but, you know, we had 10 living at home at a time. We had a couple, you know, a friend living here. And there's always been so many people here, so I could always keep the, you know, the next pair of shoes or the next snowsuit or the next coat because there was always a kid behind the next one to wear it. <laughs> and um, so... Oh, I think we just we just lost Sam there for a moment. We'll have uh, we'll have the the technical folks try to bring her back on, um, but I I definitely can appreciate what she's talking about with having a large family. We have ten children ourselves. I'm not even sure how that happens. You kind of wake up one day and suddenly you have ten kids, um, but just people are so good and donating items to us. Uh, always keeping things around to make sure that the next kid has them. You know, my wife sometimes gets on me. We'll have a a pair of sandals that have a strap broke or something like that. And I'm like, oh, we could have used that for four more kids. <laughs> She'll be like, let it go, Nathan. Throw it in the garbage. It's fine. It's a use that four, five kids have been through this. It's just fine. Let it go. So uh, there is definitely a, a part of the lived experience of appreciating other people's generosity. Uh, friends, church members uh, have done just beyond measure in, in providing us with clothes and those kinds of things for our own kids. I have a, a cousin who's got a, a daughter who's older than my kids, and so we've always gotten clothes from them. I mean, it's just been very, very grateful uh, to see that. But it is part of, of having a good, ordered view of, of money. Sam, we got you back? Sorry, yes. I'm <laughs> pushing the wrong buttons on my phone. Oh. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. I... I I have lots of problems with my own phone. So I was just kind of telling people a little bit about the, the goodness of other people's generosity and, and providing, you know, with, you know, donations and clothes and whatever else. Um, you yeah, talking so about we, having so many, you know, kids at your own house and saving things for the next kid. Yeah. So we, we just, when I said we kind of lose simply, you know, uh, we try to help keep the kids sacrificing and self-control and we do that by, you know, after the soccer game or after, you know, the uh, the trip home from the beach. Sure, we would love to stop in for ice cream or, you know, a soda or a Slurpee because you won the big game. But we try to teach them that, you know what, let's go home. 
and let's have, we have ice cream at home, and we could put that money towards our vacation, or we could put that money towards, you know, the, the child that we are sponsoring from another country, or put that towards a family in our own town that's struggling right now. So we're trying to teach them when they're younger to make these small sacrifices, and the beauty of that is they learn to appreciate things instead of accept them. And we have seen that with our older children, how they have raised, they're raising their own children and the way that they live now. And they've been so amazing and they make wonderful spouses. So it's because they, they have, they live within their means. And when I say building that community, it's so wonderful where we live. There's things like free cycle and Facebook marketplace. So, before you run out to buy that, you know, your kid another football or roller skates or, you know, skateboard or whatever the, the hobby of the week is, I always call you know, my neighbors or text my my friends down the road who have kids older than me or I put it on Facebook like, hey, does anybody have, you know, like a size six pair of cleats or does anybody have a bike? And what happens is we all rally together and we're like, Usually, 90% of the time, people are like, oh, thank God, I've been tripping over these roller skates in the garage for months. Please get them out of here. I'm so happy they're going to a home, and I make sure that my kids, if usually they're not so great about thank you notes, but what we do, as soon as they put them on, we take a picture of them smiling, and we send that to that friend, and every time they see them, we're like, thank you so much, you know, Kobe's loving that bike, or or Ray really loves those roller skates, or Erica loves those cleats. They were way nicer than the ones we ever would have bought them. <laughs> so we just, we just build this generosity, and and then again, I get now that we are a, the older couple in our in our town with our older kids. Now we get phone calls like, "Hey, does anybody have you know a size six Christmas dress, or does anybody have a?" A bike with training wheels. I mean, this is a weekly occurrence in my community. Our parish is amazing. Our family's amazing. Uh, our community where we live is wonderful. So even people who not who don't share our faith share our love for helping people, and it's wonderful. Mm, that is that is absolutely wonderful. And you know, I'm, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. It's just I'm 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 chomping at the bit, so to speak, but. Have me on again and again. I love it. I love hearing your story. <laughs> well, and I, I definitely will because I, I think finances are so important. Uh, when you look at divorce rates, the number one or the top three reasons people get divorced are financial issues, uh, spiritual issues, and family issues. How are we going to raise our kids, etc. Money is such an important part of a healthy relationship. Uh, we do have about 90 seconds before our next break. Can you can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Well, I am so grateful for my husband because even though marriage is tough and we do not have an easy marriage and we, we love each other, but it's, we don't like each other all the time. And we just stay on our knees and we pray to God. And if it wasn't for the sacrament, then this would be so hard. So having God in your life is extremely important. I don't know how people do it without God. So the good thing is that we do see eye to eye on money. We do see eye to eye on the finances. And meeting with my mom has been my dream come true. And I am so grateful that my husband has always, you know, that was 
just that was a desire from before we were even married. When we were engaged, he knew my dream was to be a stay-at-home mom. And he would always live, we always lived on one income, and he would always just pay a little bit extra each month on our home. He would put money aside. And now when our kids got older, we used to own a Christian bookstore, so we hardly made any money. But we've always just put money aside and lived. Even when we started making more money, we just kept living simply like we had when we hardly had any money. Well, that's, and that's absolutely outstanding to hear. We do have to get to our next break. So on the other side of this break, we'll listen to more from Sam Fatzinger about how to keep our finances straight and our hearts oriented towards Jesus. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. So, uh, seven years ago, my wife and I and four of our kids... Um, one, well, five of our kids, one was still inside uh, Mama at the time. We felt something was missing in our, in our faith life, in our, in our church where we were. And we went through a period of kind of being in the wilderness. Over that period of searching, God led us to, uh, to St. Mary's. And we began a journey of conversion, uh, went through RCIA here at the Cathedral Parish. And uh, there was no turning back. Once, once we went down that road. And, and I, I tell lots of people that what, if you are a devout Christian and you begin this process with an open mind to learn what the Catholic Church has to say about herself, uh, it will be hard to resist her. And, uh, and we found that to be the case, and we have been thrilled and exuberant Catholics ever since. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Fargo Studio. You're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, my cheeks are starting to hurt because on the on the break I was talking to Sam a little bit. And she's so enthusiastic. She's so funny. I'm just smiling so hard. Um, I definitely have a face for radio. That's why I'm not in television. But uh, Sam, we're talking a little bit at the end of the last break about how being on the same page with your spouse with finances is, is so very, very important. And, and living simply, not being wasteful. When you live this kind of lifestyle, I think people sometimes can assume like, oh, there's no way I could do that. Could you just give us some of the benefits that you see, you know, whether it's when the car breaks down or the 
furnace goes out, the, the freedom just to be able to handle it as opposed to being, you know, all the undue stress that comes from not being prepared for those kinds of things? Yes. And, oh, gosh, I could talk for hours on that. But I, oh, I was reading my Bible last week during my meditation, and I fell into Second Corinthians 9, verse 8. And it was like my life story, and I loved it. And it said, God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that you may always have enough of everything and may provide in abundance for every good work. That, I don't know where that scripture's been. I just fell into it, and I was like, yes, Jesus, this is us. This is our story, because what we did in the beginning, we trusted the Lord with our life and with our children. We accepted baby after baby, and we're so blessed and so grateful. And then any time the car broke down or we've had a lot of um, big, some big medical issues. But because we lived simply and because my husband would always have that money put aside for a rainy day or an emergency, then when we did have these huge hospital bills, we didn't go into a question of debt. And one of our favorite stories where the spending less and living more comes in from the title of our book is that my, husband, my um, son got engaged four years ago and his wife was from Arizona and we loved her. We were so excited that he met a godly woman who we prayed for from when I was pregnant with him. I asked God to bless his child within me with a future vocation, whether it was to marriage or to the priesthood or to the religious life. And God brought him a godly wife. Well, the godly wife lived far across the country. So we had to fly 15 people to Arizona for a wedding. And normally, that kind of thing, that's a joyful experience, would have been stressful, would have, yeah. would have put our family into a big hole of debt. Or when we got there, we wouldn't have enjoyed the, our trip. It was like a huge vacation for us. It was an opportunity for our, many of our kids to go on the plane for the first time. It was an opportunity for us to go to the Grand Canyon, to visit a part of the country that we never had been able to be at before. Or it, it, you know, when, when people think of vacations, you know, a Disney cruise doesn't have to be a vacation. You could just go to the beach and enjoy the beautiful sand and water. You don't have to, you know, do on these ex ex fancy, you know, fancy, fancy trips. And then we, because we went on this trip to this for this wedding for our son, my kids were starry-eyed the whole time because it wasn't something they took for granted. We teased because my God bless my mother-in-law, my husband's mom is just like we're kindred spirits, so we laughed because one of the first things we did when we went to Arizona, we took eight of the kids to Goodwill and they all picked out their, their favorite Arizona t-shirt or Grand Canyon hat or Christmas ornament or, or souvenirs that they wanted from the trip. You know, they all cost, you know, a nickel or a dime or a quarter <laughs> instead of when we, then when we went to the Grand Canyon and they'd pick up, you know, a, a keychain for five ninety nine, they laugh. They're like, yeah, I got the same one at Goodwill for, you know, for a half the price <laughs> or, or for 10 cents. And it, it's just the mindset of that, like, you know, who needs more junk? We all have so much stuff, and I am the worst of all. So if I am right now trying to clean out my house because we only have six at home. So we don't need, you know, 14 snowsuits anymore. We don't need all the things. So we can share now with other families. 
and God has now put families into our life who we who we can be the one who I'll get a call saying, you know, if you have a a little girl's Christmas dress, and I laugh because my little girl is now 15, and I don't have a closet full of Christmas dresses anymore, but I hopped in my car as fast as I could and ran to TJ Maxx and find the, found the, cru- Chris, uh, the cutest little Christmas dress for $12.99, and I put it on her door, and I just smiled all day about it because that's the kind of thing people did for us in our community that's the way it is around here. I'm sorry for people who don't aren't blessed with the community like we do, but people would do stuff like that for years and years. Not only was it a blessing that they were doing that, but it was a blessing for my children to learn that that's what God's people do. They work together to support and help, and now they are adults supporting and helping others, you know, finding their favorite ministry, whether it's a pregnancy center or a women's abuse center or helping children from another country. Now they all can find what their favorite ministry is and ties to them, ties to their church, help others. So we are just so grateful that God gave us this gift. I, I tell people every young couple needs to start off poor because that's the way you start off depending on God. You start off not having anything, so you don't have to you know, go back and say, oh, shoot, now, you know, we lost our job or we're having another baby or mom wants to quit her job and be a stay-at-home mom now. You don't have to relearn how to do that. We started off poor. We got pregnant on our honeymoon, and the rest was all in God's hands. And we had, people used to introduce us as, this is Sam and Rob. They have everything except money. <laughs> <laughs> and our oldest is 31 now. Our youngest is almost five. And God has never, never let us down. We've had miracles of finding foreclosures of houses or, you know, great 15 passenger vans, finding those deals that of the lifetime, you know, that you never think you're going to do. But because God told us to trust, we did. And he has never ever let us down and we are living in such abundance right now and we are so blessed that that we did say yes and you know we do struggle still we struggle with lots of things but we keep being faithful we keep remembering what god told us that you know thy will be done lord it's all in your hands yeah it's really just a beautiful story that you're telling there sam i know um myself uh I quit my job to go back to college, and I was basically living on the GI Bill. And at that time, this is like 2011 or nine, something like that. And I was making $1,700 a month. And it was just really like hitting me hard that like we should be tithing, we should be giving our, our 10%. And so I came home and told the wife, and she's like, oh, no, no. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> we've never made less money in our whole lives. Like, why, why would we do that now? And, uh, and we did, we just, we just stepped out and we were faithful about it. And I got offered the second highest paying job I'd ever been given at that time within a few months. And again, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) suggesting that, oh, if we just start tithing, you know, you're listening to Real Presence Radio on a random Monday and the guy says, (laughs) if I start tithing, I'm going to, I'm going to benefit from it financially. I'm just trying to say that when you do step out in faith and it does seem ridiculous and it does seem impossible God really does have a way to make things work out. And you can't, you can't experience that 
unless you've experienced that. (laughs) And and, and what I hear from you is there's, there's a lot of experience of God's goodness. Yes. And I try to tell people who aren't in the, you know, financial straits, we have been blessed by people, you know, everybody has money problems. I don't, I I don't know anyone who doesn't. Some people have too much money and that's a problem because they don't know how to, you know, what to do with it. Other people are struggling. And because of God's blessing through our parish and everything else, now we have people who are like, you, you want to help others. So I have, we have, anytime I know of a struggling family who's in our parish or uh, someone lost a job or, you know, everyone's been struggling during this whole COVID pandemic, I'll, they, they tell me, Sam, let me know if you ever know of a family who needs. We have this ministry or we have this money put aside. Uh, we were on, we were interviewed by, um, Messy Family Podcast, and their family has something called God's Money. It's an account in their bank where money just goes there a little bit each month so that when someone in the town or a friend or someone needs money, they just take that money out. It's God's money. It's not ours. And they can share that. And that's the way we make this work. I know it's so hard for so many people to be willing to ask for help. Well, don't let the devil use that pride. You just ask the Lord, whether it's in silent prayer or this is the year of St. Joseph. He is the patron of families. He is there to help us. Ask for his intercession. You know, build up the community in your parish. Find some friends. You help them, they help you. We're all in this together. And it's, it's such a blessing that God is letting, letting my husband and I now help others because we only made it for those many, many years by people being kind and generous, or even just praying for us. Yeah. Well, it's really beautiful, Sam. And um, one of the things that hearing you talk brought into my mind is uh, a statement. I can't remember where I heard it from, uh, but you can't get enough of what you don't really need. You can't get enough of what you don't really need. And I think your life is just a lived example of realizing that our fulfillment, our happiness isn't going to come from these things. It's going to come from something more. And I will not buy my pickup. I'm very sad this morning, <laughs> but it's been an I'm absolute... I'm to send you one. Get <laughs> <a new> one. <laughs> I, uh, I, I really appreciate the time that we've spent today, Sam. You, your enthusiasm for Christ is just overwhelming. It's been beautiful. Thank you for, so much for joining us today. Yeah, well, on Real if Presence your Life. listeners want to ask you questions, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. My husband's on Twitter. You can go to our blog and download a free three free chapters on fatsam.com. It's there, if you can't afford the book, my husband tells people buy the book and pass it around to ten people. That's a frugal way to live. Awesome. The book is for sale on Amazon and Ave Maria Press, but you can go to our website and download those three right. free chapters that right. tell you how right. to. I'm going to have to cut you off, Sam. We're going to come back on the other side of this break uh, and talk to some sisters. going to tell us about how to have some fun this summer. Thank you, Sam. God bless.